There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
That was Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John and I cannot take the dibs for that. That was Brian O'Sullivan that picked that amazing tune. Thank you you very much. That's a good choice of music. It's a strong start, isn't it? Yes. The last couple of weeks, I don't know if you listened to the podcast, it's kind of went weird. No, I didn't. What happened? You know, playing like Harpo Marx. Playing, oh, right, okay. Yeah, it's been making Paul uncomfortable. Well, I didn't, I didn't, deliberately didn't pick something that like you would pick. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because if I, if I had picked for you, I'd either pick like resonant kind of a backgroundy whale song that you would kill yourself to or, <laughs> or something from the music hall that no one's ever heard. Yeah. Or like George Formby or something. But I was like, I'll just pick, you know, because Elton yeah. was great at Glasgow and everyone's kind of yeah. talking about that at the moment. It started off really well. And in the last five tunes, I think people have seen my real personality. <laughs> like, <laughs> the madness, <laughs> the madness that goes on. I think they're starting to see that now for sure. If you've been doing a podcast for what, 80, 80 something episodes? 82nd episode. Wow. Man. You're honoured to be in the first 83. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, You're up there like the queen. Or It's good to be in the first hundred, I think. <laughs> Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> still missed every day yes i miss her every day rest in peace cheers but welcome to the podcast everyone this is straight white whale i've wore a shirt today this is how nervous i am i'm wearing green and he's wearing orange we're uniting um catholics against protestants we're we're coming hands across the divide man yep at the end of the podcast there's going to be a kiss scene yeah that's off camera yeah can you pick up awkward silences in podcasts? 100%. 99% of all podcasts are made up of that. And then guys with no personality talking about stuff that they're interested in. That's the whole podcast market. Yeah, like liver king diet and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Please, no no diet or vitamin <laughs> chat, please. Yeah, don't worry, mate. And cold water, are you going to tell me about cold water therapy? Um, yeah. Because we went together. Yes, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, we'll, you've got we will, a plan. We will get to that. But. As always, I introduce the podcast, this is Straight White Whale. I would imagine that there'll be people listening to this for the first time because you're here. Well, you hope so, don't you? Uh, Your fan base is people that haven't been hit with shovels (laughs) and are addicted to ecstasy. Our (laughs) fan bases are definitely different categories of yeah of human you're like the water and i'm like diluting juice that's your fan base you tell me? you what would be a very interesting group of people the crossover yeah who are they that's who i need to meet uh-huh we want to meet the crossover between both groups of people well the, the fact is it's the the more nuts end of my fan base that would definitely be the probably quite sane end of yours <laughs> let's be honest yeah yeah and i do meet them in fact they're the ones who comment on every single thing i put online your ones or? yeah 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 i had i've got a quick question well I'll, I'll get to that in a moment but as always when we start the podcast i like to give a shout out to charities charities that mean a lot to me like back on side yeah a scottish mental health charity that put me through therapy now they put me through therapy for seven months and part of me paying something back is to constantly promote them so libby owns back on side They've got an amazing website. If anybody's listening to this or struggling or they feel stress or they've got any friends or family members that are stressed, get onto their website. You'll get numbers like Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Breathing Space, uh, Gamblers Anonymous, Samaritans, and then there's things like Brothers in Arms and stuff. So that's me done my bit. Is your phone number up there? Um, Yes, but I charge £800 an hour. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I have to live in your house. <laughs> and you will get worse, just to be clear. <laughs> that's in small print, and you definitely will not and get better. You have to wear a you have to wear a top hat as well. <laughs> right, do you think there's a gap in the market for like not a self help website or like a you know somebody struggling? So go to like back on side, but like a website where it's like you're doing too well and you need taking down a peg or two. And so That's you come niche. and you phone yeah. Darren and Darren berates you over the phone to bring your ego back into sort of equal, equilibrium. Yeah. Can you get that out there? That's what you've done to me. <laughs> you took the words right out That's of That's why I'm here today. It's part of my training to get back down to the level uh, of... You constantly bring me down. <laughs> <laughs> Energy vampire. So me and Brian are friends... And in case you can't need to help. <laughs> I, I feel like I need to clear that up. Yeah, this, is, this is what friends speak to each other like in the West of Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to meet enemies, by the way. No, but it's good to have you on, Brian. And apologies for just, we, for the first, I don't know, 60 podcasts, we never actually done guests. I and, get that. And then eventually we started to do like a guest, then four episodes with us and then a guest, but getting the guest on is really good because all I talk about is um, vitamins and wanting to kill myself. So we need to mix it up. <laughs> Something tells me the vitamin situation isn't really working for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But have you met Paul before? Uh, today's the first time, but yes. I've, I've walked in and said, well, I know, I know your voice. It's a weird thing, isn't it? You yeah. listen to someone all the time. Yeah, it's a very weird thing. I had somebody like, um, I went to record another comedian at the stand maybe about a year ago and I think me and Darren were maybe like 20 episodes into the podcast and I've done podcasts since 2016 that nobody listens to so I'm no used to like right. Darren's <laughs> actually got like a following to be fair I'll, I'll, I'll caveat that by saying that it's about politics and you get shadow banned everywhere like I've got a Twitter feed that's got 5,000 followers and when I tweet I get like 20 engagements and it's because I'm talking about you know the Queen and the Tories and so it just gets totally like that's getting buried yeah it gets buried in the algorithm so but I do it for the love of politics um (laughs) it's um, a noble calling (laughs) it is calling Tories cunts but we uh I went to the stand and it was the first time it something Don't like talk that. about his fan base like that, kidding on. <laughs> so you get a big Tory presence in your fan base? No, I doubt it just very much. Talking shit. But you Sorry. do occasionally get that, yeah. I absolutely. It's when you weird. think you're just talking sense and then you realise you're actually talking left wing. Yeah. Which to me is, of course, sense. But some people go, what are you saying? Aye, uh, you are lefty. All that shit. How it's snowflake. Mm. But um, we, uh, I, I walked into the stand and I was like, oh, I'm here to record this comedian. And the guy behind the tech was like, Paul? And I was like, I he's like, oh, listen to your podcast. And it was the weirdest thing ever. So now they, it's happening. Uh-huh. People recognize me via my voice. I've only mm. been on camera for what, 10 episodes? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you were piping up, but you weren't actually in shot. Yeah. Early yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but his egos took over. There's a camera involved. <sighs> oh. I can never get a word in. He, well, I'm on it every week now, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's me and Paul, and you're the guest. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome. By the way, Paul hits me and stuff. <laughs> Do you have to wear the hat all the way through? It's not my hat. It was Paul that told me to start wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> wear the hat, boy. But there's a lot of people, and don't take this as an insult because the both ears are the same. I, I would imagine there's a lot of people from my side that don't really know your story. I would have so, thought so, I. But then I think a lot of people that follow my stuff don't know because I'm an actor to trade, as you know, yes. right? And when people see me in plays or things, if they're fans of my TikTok, yeah. they go, 
oh, so you're like an actor. They don't know. Do you know what I mean? They just think I was a guy that did little skits online. Yeah. So even people that follow me don't know what my story is. Yeah. So, so I think from an outsider's point of view, and this is why I want to get you on. I just want to help you promote stuff and shine a light on you. But from an outsider's point of view is during lockdown, and if this is not right, correct me. During lockdown, out of boredom, you started doing online characters to entertain yourself. You did it through TikTok and stuff, and you created some characters like Frank and Janice, and right. it just exploded overnight. But people don't realise that you're actually a, cl a classic trained actor from, you know, childhood. Mm -hmm. You can play multiple instruments, <laughs> and you've been in, like, proper... Which I find very comical, by the way. You've been in very <laughs> like, stuff. amazing shows. <laughs> you think that's funny? And people are like, oh, it's Janice. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Gary, you do work in the surgery. I'm like, yeah. Oh. You're like, aye. But, you do, but the thing is, you do, the, st the other stuff I've done to most people, most walks of life is quite obscure. People don't go to the theatre. Like, not everybody goes to the theatre. Yeah. Far from it, right? Uh, but people are, they're all on TikTok. <laughs> Yeah. And if you do something that's a character from Glasgow that does like a normal job and it captures something, then way more people are interested in that than the, the obscure Scottish theatre that I've done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me. But it is funny to think like, yeah, I've been doing this for like 15 years. But, yeah. But it's like, oh, Frank. Uh. It kind of reminds me of, have you seen a, uh, the show Steptoe and Son? Yeah. The old granddad. He was like a, an actor Yeah. For, Decades, right? So he was. Uh, do you know the character, Paul? What? Steptoe and Al Albert Steptoe? Yeah. Ah, the very so one. He's like, Harold McGoolish. But see, when he was getting interviews, he was like, actually, I'm very <laughs> classically trained actor, you know? <laughs> he was unwell. Yeah. Not yeah. just from your portrayal there. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I kind of look like him, like Albert Steptoe just at a rehab. <laughs> <laughs> Albert 12 Steptoe. <laughs> 12 step though. That's, That's a brilliant. new show I that. Love it. I love so, it. how is life anyway? Like, just in general? It's good. Do you know what? I'm, I can actually honestly tell you that it's good. Only in the last maybe six months have I been able to honestly answer that question most days of the week and say things are good. I don't know yeah. what happened. I mean, I've been doing, I feel like I've been doing the right things for a long time and still sometimes not seeing the benefits. Yeah. Like I've not had a drink or a drug in a long time, as you know, trying to live well. But I don't know, something something shifted maybe about six months ago and I'm properly living a kind of a, a blessed existence where I feel mostly at peace. How about that? Like, I, I mean, I didn't know it was possible. That's amazing, mate. So I, the short answer is, that's good. We can talk about the sobriety thing as if you want. I never, I thought... No, I mean, you I'm know. easy, whatever. How did you get into being a child? You said, said that you were a child actor. Mm. How did you get into that? Like, was that your choice? Oh, I'm interested in, like, was that your choice? or was oh, it pushy like parents. A, I was like a parent that was like, you're going to be an actor. No, not at all, not at all. My dad's a musician, but um, when stuff would, like, we did Amdram at the local, at Knightswood Community Centre, which is round the corner from where I live now. And we did, the first show I did was Cinderella and my mum and dad were the ugly sisters. My dad kept his tash. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like button not buttons but like buttons we assistant i was like many buttons yeah what two lines or something and then something was in the paper like we're looking for someone to play oliver in uh this amateur production oliver so i went along to the auditions did that weirdly a couple of months later same paper we're looking for people to play oliver but it was in the west end 
and someone saw it in the paper went, Brian should go for that. There were 400 kids queued up around the block and I went through it and just went and they would, you know, you would sing a bit of a song and then they would go, right, you, you, you come back in an hour, the rest of you can go home. And this went on all day and then eventually, long story short, I was, then I was playing Oliver in the West End. Amazing. <laughs> Having done it, like three shows in Glasgow as Oliver because it was in the paper. <laughs> It just seemed like had you know if another thing about Oliver came up. I was like, oh, that I must have to do that then. Yeah, and off I went. And London was this. I did it for on and off for three years when I was a kid. Wow. What age were you? Started when I was nine, and I was twelve by the time I finished. So do you remember it? Quite a lot of it, quite vividly. Yeah, because it was to me, it was like the best thing that I could possibly ever do. I mean, it also felt completely natural. Like I didn't, I wasn't scared or. And I don't mean like, check me, I wasn't scared. I mean, like I was a kid, so I didn't know. I'd, I didn't have any big concept about this is the London Palladium. That's really big or something like that. Yeah. I was just enjoying it. And then I just, yeah, totally loved it. And, I, and and my memories of it are really quite clear and of just having a good time being in this really big, see, it's so big that you kind of, you you don't have to do anything but your own wee bit. See the stuff I do now with Janice and all that. I have to do everything. You know how it is. Like yeah. you do the funny bunch. You have to run it. Seeing a production of that size, you literally just show up. Someone gets your costume ready for you. Someone washes it. Someone puts it on you. You know, you just literally show up and play the part of Oliver and then you go home to bed. Yeah. And there's something nice about that. You're just kind of like... Just need to focus on that one thing. One thing. And you're inside this big machine that kind of works around you and it's because everyone's doing their wee one thing yeah that's i still like, love that i mean that, like people that listen to this podcast that have listened before know that i've played i was played in a band and was involved in the music industry for like a decade right and people talk about like when i hear people know like oh why do you need all these people like you don't need a manager you don't need it's like yes you fucking do if you've you ever self-booked and self-ran a tour oh. with like four other human beings and never mind a, a west end play where there's like maybe a hundred cast members mm -hmm. talk about four hundred four other human beings that you need to make sure get out of bed get washed turn up and be sober enough to play a gig you're like <laughs> i now know why there's a machine that sits behind acts like this like you do kind of oh. need them because anytime i've seen people you can do it for a maybe a small period of time like maybe put on a show but try to run a west end musical for three years yourself would be impossible no, of course think, not you know? and and there was a whole team just to keep me sober enough to get on stage as you can imagine because <laughs> by the time i was 10 i was obviously smackhead <laughs> your box <laughs> completely the that pressures much? of the west end <laughs> <laughs> one minute you're sitting playing like curb and the next you're like grease paint on your face doing yeah. fucking oliver i'm like bob fossey showtime <laughs> totally done in seeing the drops. types of environments that you're talking about like the casting where mm. they're like you you and you stay mm. the rest of these sorry but fuck off is mm. there ever like kids that just burst out crying because they're told to go home do you know i'm sad to announce it i don't remember ah. but i don't remember them being very they weren't harsh about it it was just like this is the way it is like you know i, I think it was like thanks very much you've all been great you know all that thing <clears throat> that you don't get a lot of that well i think you get more of that in the west end now if you're in if you're a musical theater person i don't really do that anymore so i don't go to auditions where there's hundreds of people and then they point at you and tell you to go i mean i don't know if it still happens it probably does but the type of auditions i would go to you go in on your own you do your bit and they go, thanks so much. This was great. Thank you. Right. Bye. And then you never hear it. <laughs> yeah. But they're nice about it at least. <laughs> <laughs> they're pleasant. Yeah, at least they're pleasant about letting you down. I'm actually surprised that the type of childhood Brian had because before the podcast started, he whispered into Paul's ear, 
that his granddad was the founding member of the UVF. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why you would say that, Brian. It's a front. It's all a front. I've can, never been on stage in my life. Can you explain why you said that to Paul? I can't. Uh, the only way I could explain that is a, it's a partial insanity that comes over. It's a cloud that comes over me and I just want to cause chaos. I don't know if you can imagine what, <laughs> what that feels like. Yeah. Don't don't worry. I'll save you. I'll, I'll let you. I'll stop now. Last week I said Susie supported China's one child policy. Just wee grenades chucked just in there. social, social chaos. I, so I actually, you know, you were talking about the stress of shows and stuff. I went to see you in Falkirk. Oh, I um, on my tour. On your tour. And I felt for you, man. Great show. It was hard going. Really, though. really enjoyed it. But the amount of dialogue and just like, you know, you go into the venue and the staff are like running about and I'm like, oh. And it and the thing about, say, the staff, like, they were nice enough, but they were also like, right, so what? what is this? Like, what? You know, they're kind of like as if I've got them out of their bed and I'm in their way yeah. in some venues. And they're like, mm. as if they've got bigger fish to fry or they'd rather be at home. And you're like, see this? I've worked so hard to get this exactly right. So, and I'm I'm being really specific. And then you feel like a diva. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 that light has to come on. The second my bum hits the chair, that's when that cue is. And they're like, all right. And you know, yeah. I'm really specific about stuff because why make a decision unless you made an, an exact decision yeah I mean? yeah i remember like i worked with multiple comedians and going i'm a tech so mm -hmm. i'm there to video right and i'm like I, it's like i have turned up and shot in the middle of the stage you know i turn up and they're like what do you need and i tell them what i need it's like the most inconvenience oh, you've ever given this please, tech. yeah there was one night in dundee and i'll no name the i won't name the theater and i won't name the the, the comedian i said to the tech was really old and I just basically pulled him aside and I was like, I don't know if you've lost sight of this, mate, but that guy's paying your wages. See, with these acts that come here, you've not got a job mm -hmm. and he's hired me to come here and make this video. So you need to just basically do what I want you to do. Can you do it? And the guy was like, eh, aye. And I was like, gonna just do it. I don't know why you're making this hard for me. And it, and it's this weird, like, like you're saying, they, they want, they're turning up and they're like, I want this to be as easy as possible and you're making my life inconvenient. Oh, totally. And you're like, but you've yeah. sold out this venue, so you, they should be literally like, what do you need and we're going to try and make this happen? This is Let's make this show out. a success, you know what I mean? It's but crazy. see people that have worked at places for a long time, it's always the same. Uh, no, it's, I can't say that. It's often the same. Yeah. Where people have got so used to the way they do things that other people coming in is just getting in their way. They're like, oh no, no, we do things differently here. We don't have audiences in here. We prefer it that way. <laughs> you know? Falkirk Town Hall's just been knocked down. So we can't, we can't wait for this place to go under. Yeah. Like, what are you so we about? can finally get a rest. It's like, well, come on, do we not want to do things? Isn't that the point? Uh -huh. We want to do stuff. We the want people to show up. Falkirk Hall get knocked down? It's getting knocked down or it's been knocked down or wow, something. Wow, man. Yeah. That's a shame. And they're that? like building a new thing that this is what they do. It wasn't really that when Frankie and Joshi was in here. All right. In here? <laughs> Not I, the venue. I've got news for you. They're dead. Oh. So if you had them in your podcast, it probably wasn't them. Well, we have had Ouija board people. So <laughs> we could probably do a, a Ouija board. A wee Frankie and Joshi get them in. Hi. <laughs> You'd do it as well, but as yeah. Janice. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so if you get any gigs coming up. I've got a new show coming out. I was saying to Paul before we started that it's it's part three of the trilogy and I'm obsessed with this idea of having a trilogy, even if they're not, I mean, they are kind of related, the shows, but basically it's the third show and, and a run of shows with Frank and Janice and it's at the Oranmore, 21st to the 23rd of July. 
Brilliant. And it's, so it's like, I, the reason I'm saying it's a trilogy is because what I want to do once I've done part three is eventually do all three shows together. Yeah. Like a big, like a day-long mad experience of Janice. I don't know who wants to see that, but I want to do it. Well, your TikTok's pretty... Yeah, I mean, I've got followers, so yeah. hopefully they'll they'll show up. I think it needs to be a bigger... See, I'm managing this myself again. Yeah. And you can do it for a few nights of the autumn more. You can just about do it. Yeah. But I tried, as you know, I tried to do a tour. I did a tour last year and it nearly killed me. Like <laughs> running to Falkirk I, with all this shit in a trailer and all that in the piss and rain. Yeah. And then like three months later, you get a bank transfer, you know, th 350 quid. And you're like, <laughs> right. Oh God, I don't know. And you get it paid through gritty teeth. Yeah. Right? They're like, oh, I suppose, minus the VAT. And then they come in to me and they were like, you selling merch? And I was like, I, I don't know if you know, but we take 10% of merch. How much did you sell? And I went, well, none. <laughs> <laughs> and that was oh. the end of the conversation i was like well obviously not, not doing crazy. That. for you to for us to come and set it all up for you to stand about with your arms folded and then you take more money off me no that's crazy that a venue would take 10 percent of merch for a by an act man get that lost. is crazy even bands like get but to fuck a lot man. of theater venues have that as a policy and i've just very calmly avoided it yeah because <laughs> that's a ripoff man Oh, man. That's a ripoff. That's shocking. I wouldn't. I'm so bitter that if I did have merch, I wouldn't take it to the venues that took a cut. Yeah, they take money for everything. The, the Edinburgh Fringe is coming up, and oh, don't you'd rather have merch and keep it in the house and not sell it? Yeah, just to spite everybody. Like, I've got all this merch, no one's ever bought it. I will. You've never brought it out of the house. I, I refuse. <laughs> I'm not bringing it out of the house. Using posters as like bed sheets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to use what you've got in the days of like the tech that we've got man you could take a qr code and link and just be like ah, listen i've got some great merch some t-shirts whatever bang scan the qr code buy it brilliant and then they're like oh you sell merch You're like no nope it all goes through my website unfortunately which you don't get 10 percent of absolutely merch is the thing though like if you can actually hook into it yeah if you can find something that sells i mean i got key rings made for janice and they say uh-huh but what they did without my permission was they flipped the image on the other side of the keyring. They were like, do you want it printed on both sides? I was like, yeah. So you flip it over and my face is facing the other way and it says the words backwards, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't. I wanted the same image. So I had to like, I got the money off. Like I got the money back for them. Good. <laughs> but I still try to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> Just give them to all your family. Like yeah. Oh, happy code. Christmas. <laughs> Collect all 10. They're all the same. That's why I, one of the reasons why I also got you on the podcast, I was going to say like, why you've got Janice and Frank and stuff. Why am I not in it? This is a question you asked me, I want to say weekly. <laughs> I could be on it. You could, you could. It's a darker road. Listen to me. Janice is screaming out for a stepson. <laughs> step tones on <laughs> it's just it's just a darker place i mean i was even worried about coming on this podcast because of the clash of our you know two brands i'm a professional though you hand me a script and yeah. i'll eat it right in front of you i'll eat it and then make some shit up Hi. <laughs> bomb just leave 90 minutes open for improv <laughs> for janice's stepson imagine you warming up for me imagine Oh, I mean, not that, you know, that's not where you're at. But yeah. like, if I said to you, do you want to do half an hour before my show? <laughs> what what would happen? You'd come on with no trousers on and be like wondering why no one was laughing. Because <laughs> they're all like, I thought Janice and Frank were going on a wee cruise. Yeah. <laughs> they're all doctors, receptionists that come and see me. Yeah. A lot of them are called Janice. And they come up to me. We're actually, me and my pal are both called Janice. 
They love it. Like art imitating life. I know. Uh, Isn't that amazing? I don't know where one ends and the other begins. That's <laughs> that's what I'm about. Well, I haven't been to many of your shows, Brian, but the ones that I have been to, they've been good fun. You've been to a few. Yes. Like non-Janus ones as well. Yes. But you'll need to come to this one. Yes, I will, mate. And I tell you another thing that I really enjoyed. I really loved you in Panto. That was awesome. Oh, that's right. You came to that, yeah. Yeah. Brian, oh, I loved that, man. Brian was... Um, it was the ugly sister, wasn't it, really? Or the dame? It's the dame, Mogus. Yeah, Mogus. And um, was it in Sterling? Sterling McRobert, yeah. So we, I went up with my pal, and this is why I think I'm neurodiverse, because I was just like, the colours are fucking amazing. Nothing about the story. <laughs> like, But it was one of those pantos that um, I it was amazing, mate. Like, the show was fantastic in a really strange location that made it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was brilliant. It's got a real, like, panto tradition, that theatre. They've been doing really good pantos there for quite a long time. Yeah. So it has a loyal audience. So it's already, before it even starts, people are already expecting great things and they're in the mood for it and they yeah. want it to be good. And it's full. You know, all those things help. The theatre was beautiful. The set was amazing. And the colours were beautiful as well. I really loved it. What did it. you think of the panto, Darren? Yellow! <laughs> so much yellow I'm trying to give you a genuine compliment and he's like yellow he's complimenting, complimenting the colours that's not my bit it's funny the way he's put seven months into a show and I'm just like purple <laughs> turn up the purple <laughs> turn it up the ne my next show is going to be colourful it's designed by Kenny Miller and it's set on a cruise ship and huh? it's going to be if you like colours come and see it <laughs> <laughs> like colours and comedy oh this is the place for you <laughs> imagine me reviewing a show colours beautiful okay ah help me but that takes us on to the next thing with Panto you won a big award I did I was hugely surprised to win best dame in the UK from the UK Panto Association I, I mean I was surprised to be nominated I didn't know A I didn't know the awards existed <laughs> B I didn't know they were in watching our show they saw something like I think they said they saw 500 and odd pantos. Wow. Between the whole panel of judges, you know, some of them went here and there and they sort of shared it out. The, one of the women that came to ours had seen something like 60 odd shows. Uh, so they just go the whole season, just going to see one after the other. I didn't know they were in. But anyway, I went down to the awards. I was like, I'm going. If I got nominated, I'm going. And I bought this sparkly jacket. I was like sitting in the front row loving it. And then they gave me the award. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> How silly was that, Ian? Wild. He was on... Um... Was it Good Morning Britain? Fuck no, it was this morning. This morning? It's oh. slightly better. Uh oh. No, Phil wasn't there, don't worry. Dermot and Alison. Me and Dermot and Alison had a Dermot. lovely time. I like Alison. Oh, Aye. I like Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Seems all right. Seems like a nice guy. I think he seems like a nice guy. He was really nice to us. Yeah. And Alison was lovely as well. Who's Alison? Alison Hammond. She was on Big Brother ages ago. She, I'm not fat shaming. She used to be chubby. She's lost a lot of weight. She's very, very funny. She's in, she's doing panto this year as well. She's doing she's from Birmingham. She's got a really thick brummy accent, and she's doing I think yeah. her first panto this year. Aye. But they were so like we had such a good time. Yeah, well, I had to have my beard because I was doing another show, so they put glitter in my beard and all that. Brilliant. Had to get done up as the day. It's good laugh. That must have been a surreal feeling. One in that award. That is pretty high. That's amazing. Me. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean. I, People were saying, oh, it's his first dame. I had done dame ages ago, right? But yeah. a long time ago and not at that level. So it's my first in about 10 years. I hadn't done dame for 10 years. And um, I don't know. It's I, I, It was surreal to get the award. And then in another sense, I was like, I accept it because, I, you know, I'm flattered and honoured. And do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I think it's important at, at a certain point to not bat stuff away. Yeah. You know, like if someone says, well done, I go, thanks. I try and go, Thanks. Yeah. Not go. Ah, shut up. Because I just think, why? Why are we fighting? Especially in our industry, it's so stressful. It's hard enough it's... to feel like you're doing well. So I've... if you do or something nice happens, I think let's celebrate it. How nice? Yeah, I'm delighted. Which takes us on to the next question. Can you help me get a panel? <laughs> <laughs> I love the bit you do about panel. By the way, when you mentioned panel the other night, I was like, please do it. But I suppose you've probably done it plenty at the funny buns. Yeah, you're like. You know, you're like, I'll never do that. I'm a purist. You know, I'm I'm Jerry Seinfeld, and that's not not a con good reference. Who, Richard who, Pryor. Richard Pryor's a better reference. I'm Richard Pryor. I'm George Carlin. I'm a purist. I'm a I'm a comedian. I'm you know I'm, I'm fighting the power. It's how much a thousand pound a week. Hi, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. That's exactly how it happened. Brian was at the funny bunch the other night, Paul. I know Paul wasn't there. Paul's been to every single one, by the way. So I did see you at one of them then. Because I remember hearing your voice. I think you said, and Paul's in. You were like, all right. And I was like, I don't have a voice. <laughs> but we didn't meet. So I have seen you one time. So Brian, Love the funny bunch. Thank you very much, mate. That means a lot. Um, he was there with Dale. Dale's a Patreon member. Um, Is he? Yes. Are you not? Oh. <laughs> he does look after me, Paul. Awkward. He does give me food. I'm his primary caregiver at this point. <laughs> yeah. say Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, he does like genuinely look after me. I can't even like lie about that. I probably would be dead. No, but <laughs> do you know what? We are good mates. Yeah. And we've seen each other through the darker times as well as the lighter times, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. And that means a lot. Likewise, mate. Like, like, you can chat shit all day, can't you? But I, I think of who are my three in the morning people. That's what I call them. Yeah. I reckon I could phone you at three in the morning and go, ah, you need to help me. And oh, you would thank help you me. Thank you very much, mate. And not most people I know probably I wouldn't phone them at three in the morning, but I think you're one of them. Because you know I'll only be... Because you'll be lying on your belly watching Terminator <laughs> 3. Do you know what I mean? It's not as if I'm waking you up. <laughs> he actually sleep. really helped me during lockdown. Um, I don't know how to word this, but, you know, we're in recovery. We're all in recovery. We're all sober. And uh, during lockdown, I was struggling, as you know, Paul. And uh, I ballooned up, right? Why are you laughing? Because so, I don't even know why I'm laughing. It's, it's pretty horrific, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what you're going to no, say. No, but you know how like I've got quite a dark sense of humour and stuff? So there was a line that got crossed that I was just being a cunt. It wasn't <laughs> funny anymore. Okay. 
<laughs> it goes to that line every now and again it goes there and i'm like oh we've reached that point again it's not even funny and it was like an intervention though because i remember just being like it was like a thousand gargoyle voices in my head <laughs> and brian was like what is it with you you dear face cunt and i just kind of came with it and he's like ah, come to a fucking meeting where's your prick i don't remember that. do you know no I know that every now and again we've been on the phone and I've just been like, oh, you're in that place, aren't you? And that's <laughs> enough to make you go, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> being horrible. For, it's not even funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I disappear for six weeks and you think I hate you. Right, there's that. And then when I finally get in touch with you, are like, oh, I'm sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've been it, fasting and walking 500 miles a day. Yeah. Which can only be good. I don't eat on a Wednesday or a Sunday. <laughs> Remember the time he told me he wasn't having bread. I don't eat bread. And then we were out and he had like, I don't know, a bit of toast or something. I was like, I thought you didn't eat bread. He went, I in the house. <laughs> you never in the house. Certain settings important. Paul was nodding in agreement there, like, I know you remember he's a that? fucking crackpot. <laughs> 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 Sitting outside his house on the steps eating a loaf of bread. Ah, it's still within the rules. I will. I can bend the rules. <laughs> I like, uh, I'm carb free, but only within my postcode. Right, there you go. What happens outside of that? I mean, come on, it's like tour. I saw, like, I'm on the bus to, like, Edinburgh to get chips. <laughs> <laughs> and straight back, get another chip and get straight on the bus and come back. <laughs> Talking about the Terminator, I watched the Terminator the other night, and I think it, I realised, so, like, I'm like, a 90, I'm like an 80s guy, I was born in 83. So right. I grew up now, like, Terminator was one of the movies that was just perpetually on the TV. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And, like, four or five times a year, or Terminator's back on, you're like, great, yay. Or, like, Gremlins, man, Gremlins. Yes, on yes, yeah. Gremlins is another one. There's so many of them, isn't there? But um, I realised for the first time the other night that that's a horror movie. What, Gremlins? No. Or Terminator? Terminator. Yeah, yeah, I was always just thinking, that, I don't know, like, sci-fi. Do you right, know what I mean? That's right, a right. sci-fi movie. Yeah. Sitting watching it, and I'm like... This is terrifying. This is actually <laughs> fucking terrifying, this movie. You don't think about that when you're wee, you're just like, oh, Terminator. Exactly, you're no, just pure, oh, me. Yes, <laughs> what I thought was funny was is that he thought he could play the role of Reese in that movie. I mean, yeah. how much dialogue does the Terminator have in the Terminator movie? It's like four or five lines or something, but the guy Reese is like doing monologues and all that, and like, yeah, how no. would Arnie have done that? Sorry, Arnie. <laughs> no chance. I don't know, I just threw that out there randomly. Sorry. It wouldn't surprise me if Brian's not seen the Terminator, actually. Look, I'm aware of the lore. I understand the concept. I had some of the toys. I had the motorbike. That's Terminator 2. I've not seen the Terminator. What? There you go, mate. Right, can I just say something here? First of all, you're right. And secondly, I don't go in for all that. You haven't seen that? Oh, you need to see... You haven't lived? I have lived. I'm all right. But it doesn't interest me. Has he seen a fucking Danish film about a postman that has his fucking heart broken and he moves into the woods in Colombia and gets married to a fucking mermaid princess or something? You've See, up to mermaid that. princess, I was into that. I wanted to know what that was called. You've seen that in the GFT? Oh, I've seen it in the GFT. You but, want to talk about the GFT? You, uh, you've been in the GFT way more than me. Can I tell you a funny story about the GFT? And I really hope these cunts don't say this. See this. <laughs> what, the GFT yeah. management? Doubt it. Right, so this is a wee story about resentment. I walk into the GFT one day and I need the toilet. And as I'm walking to the toilet, one of the staff members bounces up. You can't use the toilet. So instead of just saying, sorry, I go, I'm not in here to use the toilet. I'm looking for the customer service desk. <laughs> she points me towards the customer service desk. And by that point, I've got a thousand fucking 
white noise <laughs> transmission in my mind that mm-hmm. I burned in the GFT and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I ended up out of ego or damaged whatever it was, damaged ego, damaged pride. I ended up signing up to a membership <laughs> and I paid something like 70 quid <laughs> on the spot. Of course you And did. then I turned around to her after I signed up to it and I was like, I need the toilet. <laughs> Then I went and used the toilet. <laughs> Brilliant. I have got an absolute foolproof bulletproof plan for that exact scenario that I have used multiple times in my life. Cool. Where I go into places and I'll be like, can I use the toilet? I, I, so there's a real life scenario as to why I figured out that this works. I was in Amsterdam and I had get food poisoning. So I was shitting through the eye and and I went into a coffee shop and I was like, excuse me, mate, can I use your toilet? And he's like, are you going to buy anything? I was like, no. And he was like, no. And I said to him, mate, I'm literally about to shit my pants. So either you're going to help me mm. like clean up shit or I'll, I use your toilet. And the guy was like, go and use the toilet. And see, now, mate, I use that all the fucking time. Nice. But I've added an IBS. So I'll go into like, a restaurant. I used it the other day, like last week. Go into a restaurant. Can I use your toilet? No, it's for paying customers. And I'll go, excuse me, like, I've got really bad IBS and I'm about to shit my pants and they'll be like, go and use the fucking toilet. <laughs> See? It is foolproof, mate. It I is. know, but I, I don't think I could do that because I'd be like, how many people now <laughs> think I'm, I've shit myself all the time? Like, all the people in places that I go all the time? I don't know. No, you'll, ne- you'll never see them ever again. Like, I, I struggle with that. See when people say like such and such about a taxi driver, I, you'll never see them again. My luck is I would see them. That would be the driver I get you again. Would meet, you, know I mean? you would meet somebody and it'd be their da. <laughs> yeah. Are you that guy? No, no, you'd be no. Like, you better not Oliver. <laughs> Janice? <laughs> no, like, oh. you, you meet somebody and you're like getting introduced to their family and they're like, well, you're that guy with the IBS and it was shy still that day and you're like, that's me. Do you go to the GFT? <laughs> Guilty. I've got a similar story, Paul. So, you know, when I was a vegan, I was a vegan for like two and a half years. I basically went to Falafel to go nearly every day for a year, right? <laughs> that's, because, that's the little kiosk. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get it and there's nowhere to sit. Or so, shit. Exactly. So what I used to do is I used to buy my Falafel and then I used to go to like wee coffee shops and obviously they're like, you can't eat that in here. So I'm like, I don't want to sit up, sit on a bench and eat it. Plus I was buying like, you know, a side of olives for Tesco, some crisps. <laughs> so a there was picnic, a, there's a picnic, coffee. It was a fucking picnic, right? <laughs> And then I had my tub of vitamins. <laughs> I always carry my vitamins about me, right? And can I just tell you, usually they're not like in different tubs for whatever the pills. It's just a pill, a box of a whole assortment of vitamins. Some of them have got like oil in them, some of them have massive tablets. And he just goes like that and puts a handful and just gubs them. It's like the lucky dip. Aye. The vitamin lucky dip. Look at me, what? Picture of health. I can't, I can't look at you. Slightly. <laughs> He's <laughs> like don't looking look at my chin, he can't even ah. connect eyes. So what I started doing is kind of similar to Paul. I used to be like, is it okay if I order a drink and eat this? Most of them would say, you can't eat in here. And I'd be like, excuse me, I've got like, I'm on medication and stuff and I really need to eat. And 
I do that with my vitamin tub. That's my medication. I'm sorry. <sighs> oh, there you go, son. And then I'd be like, thank you very much. Two minutes later, I'm like, that we fucking monster munch. <laughs> <laughs> Tabasco <laughs> sauce. Who missed tips? Oh, I get out of the air. Here we go. Just taking up a whole massive table. Diet Cokes and all that. And then <laughs> I'm like, cheers, pal. See you later, all right? Always keep the big tub of vitamins by your side on the table, though. So yeah. again, we can See, just as you say that, do you know, like, um, was it me and you that were having this conversation where do you remember the myth of, like, you're not allowed to take snacks into the cinema? Oh, yeah. I still believe it to some degree. It's not true. I still hide it. Yeah, you used to go, like, I'm pregnant, yeah. but I've, you've got, like, an Asda bag. I like mm -hmm. sweeties. Yeah. I found out no so long ago that that's not true. Is it not? Nope. They don't give a fuck. They're I on minimum wage. They don't care. They're I like, think they, it used to be true. I, I, I think feel it, like it did as well. Aye. But I maybe it was just a I've myth. never been, personally, I, I've never been told by an, like an official member of staff. No. You can't bring that in. I've, I've never been just, stopped. Or... I think it was my mom and my dad that put the fear, you're not allowed to do that. And you would like stick up your duke. But I think it's a pure urban myth. But that's because pick and mix in a cinema costs 40 quid. So they, they, you always believed they were like, oh, they're making you back. Because they apparently don't make any money on tickets, cinemas. They make money, like their only money is on their snacks and that. Uh-huh. That's what the revenue is. How boring is that? Do you want any other trivia? That's why they're going under. Yeah, pretty much. Because we're going in with the Asda bags. Oh. We fucked. I'm going in with my falafel wrap. <laughs> have <laughs> you ever done that? Hi, fucking right I have. Mate, I fucking oh, took no. a Burger King one oh, time. Oh, don't do and that. And a Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And literally, like, there was a pure, oh, like, <laughs> like round the room as I, like, ripped open my Whopper and just stunk the place oh, out. Oh, no. What's the difference between somebody coming in with, like, a Burger King or KFC or buying a fucking hot dog or a burger at the stall? Like, I guess a hot dog, yeah, yeah. I made a man come in with a Chinese. That's mental. Like, do you mind, <laughs> <laughs> do you mind China Buffy King? You used to be able to go in and get a plastic get the tub. takeaway tub. And as long as you could put the lid on, <laughs> the rule was, if you can't get the lid on, you're not, you know, you have to pay extra, you pay double. As long as you can get a lid on, so you would put as much and you smash it down. <laughs> and he came in one of these tubs and he sat down. He was late, sweating. <laughs> he sat down like that. It's like a Chinese. And he went, aye, aye, aye. And then he went, film had started. He went, oh, I forgot the fucking fork. <laughs> <laughs> so he got the lid and just used the lid. Yes. Scooping it into oh his gut. Oh, my God. Oh, it was fully disgusting. I was like, go and sit somewhere else. Yeah. I want no part of this. The only place that I think that that is genuinely out of order is on a commute. Oh, See yeah. somebody sitting in a McDonald's on like a train to like Eldry. Nah, that's rough. Like, that's rough. Come yeah. on, mate. Like, try I think on a London train, I don't like it, but I think you have to accept. Like Cold I used to- food only, I think. I man. don't know. I used to get a Burger King, get on the train to London and I, I loved it. I, was very I happy. think there's a way to go about it. If there's a place that there's nobody sitting, go and sit there and eat it. Yeah, don't make pig noises while you eat it. Why are you uh, looking at me when you say that? Because you're the host of the podcast. All right, okay. I thought you were saying I was a pig. <laughs> I knew you would take it as that. <laughs> so I had a response ready. Darren likes to get called a pig, didn't you? Yeah, but, uh, he asks me to call him it. And then when I do, he says, why are you calling me that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to keep up with this. That's at three in the morning. You get a voice note for Darren. <laughs> Do's a favour, mate, gonna just call me a pig. I'm one of his three in the morning people. That's not what I meant by that, by the way. <laughs> when I said I, you could call me anytime, I didn't mean that. My three AM is different for you. Three AM <laughs> when you phone me, you need help. When I well, phone you, it's to... you need help, it's just a type I can't provide. Yeah. It's mostly Paul that does that. <laughs> Electric shock treatment. Forty seven minutes, mate, just to keep his own time. Forty seven mm. minutes. I've got a question from one of the patron members, Annie Mobags. 
she's just she brought she brought me a birthday present to the funny bunch the other night because we used to slag crocs slagged crocs a couple of times and she bought me a pair and uh I when was your birthday 19th of june did i miss it no yeah. no yeah. i didn't yeah you did i wished you a happy birthday didn't i yeah i just get the feel there but i remember sending you a message being like happy birthday yeah no i did I did tell you happy birthday, but I f when we were talking after midnight on the 19th, I didn't, and I was moaning about something, and the next day I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I've just realised it's your birthday. But didn't you I? did forget. Listen. Well, it's my birthday soon, and I'm not telling you when. Well, my birthday is a tough time for me, Brian. <laughs> Why, Why are you I laughing? Keep forgetting it? Why are you laughing? Is it awkwardness? You know what happened on my birthday? Oh, what? My granddad died. This year? No, when I was 10. Oh, grow up. Why? <laughs> You're 40. Eye <laughs> on a waist. <laughs> it's childhood trauma. And that's why, because my granddad died. Hi. Right, tell me, what were you saying? Oh, she bought you Crocs? Yeah, she brought me Crocs. Um, so do you like them? Because I love amazing, them, by the way. They're so comfy. Have I've got the ones with the fur, like the lining. Oh. oh, they're so comfy. Basically, that's a question. What do you think of Crocs? Oh, okay. I love Crocs, but I'm a recent convert. Did I say Crocs there? The, that's a Freudian <laughs> slip. Uh, well, we've talked about me playing a panel game, but I do, no, I do like Crocs. Uh, but my pal today who was around, I was doing my podcast this morning and there was a guy coming around to, to talk to me and he was like, I, uh, Cole put his Crocs in the washing machine because <laughs> he's got the fur lined ones as well. He said he melted them in the washing machine because oh. he wanted to wash the fur bit, but they're plastic. So yeah. they came out all mangled. <laughs> so don't put your crocs in the washing machine, guys. Silly boy. We've only got 10 minutes left. You were talking about your podcasts. Oh, yeah. You do a podcast called Putting It Together. Putting It Together is a is a podcast I've done for about six years, and it's um, interview actors and writers, some comics, um, mostly actors and people yeah. in, in theatre. So it's quite niche. It's quite theatre-y. He got me on once, and I think that was the last comedian. Wonder why? Absolutely not. You've been on twice. Can't handle my talent. And I've had other comedians on since. <laughs> yeah. Not you again. <laughs> You've had your fair crack at the whip. You've yeah, been on I've twice. done well. I've done well. But yeah, I really enjoyed doing it, and it's a wee bit different from this. Yes, but not that different really. But I do it in my house, so I have to like make people a coffee. Oh, I'd love to have a place like this. Is there anybody that you're like, nah, I'm not getting them to my house? I mean, I know you'd have thought that with me. But <laughs> It's weird because it, Scottish theatre is quite a small world, like it's a small community, so you kind of could get around everybody. Yeah. But sometimes I think, oh, I don't know if I really want... Like, there's people that you don't get on with, and there's people that you have beef with, so there are people that I have avoided having on, I've got to be honest, but yeah. I'm not going to name them. Turning up expecting a dinner, what, steaming? <laughs> steaming for, for dinner. I thought it was included. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep it off. Have you got any questions, Paul? He plays the instruments. Yes. I sound like a grander there, didn't he I? Plays, he plays all the music. He plays the instruments, you know. <laughs> Is that how he play multiple instruments? Is that family? Like, my, like I said, I played in a band and I, my granny played piano and was right. in a jazz band and all that. Oh, and really? I've got a cousin who's a world-famous opera singer. Really? Like Jen up, um, wow. and uh, I, I'm, I, I think like these things tend to like run and 
I don't know if it's like you learn that and then you pass it on or you pass on like something that sort of peaks your ear. But for mm. me, when I was a wee boy, I was obsessed with music for like for as long back as I can remember. So is it like a sort of family thing? You were saying that your dad was a musician? My dad's a musician. My dad grew up and he was one of nine siblings. So they all played music and they all did Irish dancing. And they danced like, they all competed in Irish dancing. Competed? Aye, that's right, aye. So yeah. Michael Flatley? Type. My dad danced against Michael Flatley. He was in the same age group. And flatly won. Um, but my dad was there. My dad then, when he was about 12 or 13, moved on to playing the music for the competitions instead of dancing. So he plays the accordion and piano and stuff. And he kind of, he didn't teach me because when he tried to teach me, we used to scream at each other. Yeah. But he sent me to his pal who taught me accordion. And then I just played the piano in the house. And I'm writing music just now for a Christmas show, Cumbernauld Theatre's Christmas show. Brilliant. So I'm writing like cheerful wee songs for the Waynes, which I quite enjoy. Uh and I've tried, you know, put a bit of the music into the, the shows as well. Like Janice tends to end up singing at the end of my shows. Yeah. It's kind of an old timey thing. You'll understand. It's kind of like you do a show. It's got a lot of laughs in it, but it's got a bit of heart in it. I like it to have a wee bit of emotion. And then at the end, I like everyone to have a wee sing along. And then everybody goes home with a smile on their face. And it's for, for me, it feels like, an, you know, an old fashioned style of thing, like a almost like a music hall. Yeah. You know, finish with a good song that everybody knows. Yeah. And send everybody up the road. Which seems to be really rare now. And even yeah. if it's done well, it's rare as but well. But I, I think there's still an appetite for it because yeah. it always works. Yeah. Like when I've done it, it always, it rounds it off really nicely. People love to hear about music in a really simple way. And it also yeah. brings people together. And there's a lot you can say in a song that you wouldn't say in dialogue or in jokes. You know what I mean? It's, an, it's another level of communication. Yeah. And I think that was working for so long and maybe we've kind of forgotten about it. Starting to see like guys like Ouija Hank of that uh -huh. and they're like a musical act and they seem to be like, they're doing really well like with their act and maybe like you're saying, there's a real appetite for sort of like yeah. comedy music. It's almost like, is there no like a meme when you're at a comedy gig and somebody turns up with a guitar? It's like, oh, fucking yeah. hell, here we go, you know? But as you say, it's like, and if when these things are done well, it's amazing. Yeah. And when they're not, it's terrible. Uh -huh. But that's true of all musical instruments, I think. Like, most musical instruments anyway are terrible unless they're brilliant. I mean, think about the violin. You don't, no one really enjoys a mediocre violin performance. Mm -hmm. You have to be, if you're going to play the violin publicly, you kind of need to be really good, I think. Yeah. So, Maybe the only exception to that would be the guitar. Right, so there's a couple of instruments that work for like accompaniment, like piano and guitar. You can kind of get, if you know a few chords, you can kind of get away with some mm -hmm. stuff. But see, melody instruments, like no one brings out the clarinet to give a kind of a substandard recite. They'd have to be amazing, otherwise no one's interested. Yeah, uh-huh. I like, oh no, wait, oh no, I didn't know it. Two settings, right? Oh no, we bung note. Let me just start again. <laughs> but see, like, when you play a wrong note in the clarinet, it, it squeaks. <laughs> it lets you know. So uh -huh. in the piano, you just hit the wrong note and it comes out. It's it's like a horrible, uh, it's like a signpost. You fucked up. A fox getting strangled. Exactly. So wrong. But you can't get away with anything. Don't know why I'm talking about that. Here, I'm enjoying listening to you talk about that. Music is really important, but you have to really apply yourself and try and be do a decent job of it. Aye. But the same is true of everything. It's just that in some other disciplines, you can, you can mask and you can get away with. Yeah. Like people can do stand-up and they can kind of bluff... There's a certain amount of bluffing you can get away with. I'm not talking yeah. about you. I'm talking about like people starting out. Oh, definitely. You know, I just mean, going, I fucking, I fucking, it's weird, isn't it? Fucking Dane Hings. 
and just just talk shit. Uh, like you somebody, know what I mean? somebody coming out now and being like, ah, oh, the pandemic. Right, yeah, exactly. It would just be like pure. You can yeah, hack your way through, and like uh-huh. you could probably do five or ten. But minutes. if somebody comes out and does a really smart, really good pandemic joke, you're going to be like, oh fucking it, because Especially the expectation now. when they start the joke is like, oh here we go. Yeah. But then when they pull something out the bag and blow you, you'll be like, whoa. So again, you've got to have like an angle, or have really thought about it, or practiced, or you know, yeah. have some discernible skill did you do a pandemic joke on sunday darling sorry i was just thinking it was one. all pandemic jokes apart from <laughs> apart from the michael jackson half hour <laughs> it was themed yeah it was themed i'm just getting an image in my head of like you know you get open spot comedy nights it's just right. like an open spot music night but nobody can play their instrument great just that's the way Torture. that some comedy that's nights it. are see yeah. if i go just now and see a comedy night and somebody does a trans joke mm. i'm just my right. head just switches off yeah. because it's just like what can you possibly add to this that's uh-huh, gonna make me laugh uh-huh and like it, aye, it's just the pure lowest common denominator at the moment isn't it so it's like aye. people are like oh i'll just take the piss out of this and it's like nah fuck off have a brain have a yeah. bit of creativity about yourself yeah like what's your that. voice what have you got to say uh-huh what are you adding and if you're not why why you also get a strange bunch attracted to comedy that i remember sending it i've got i'm dyslexic right so my grammar can be fucking awful right and I put a tweet out once that was spelt wrong mm-hmm. and uh, somebody corrected me. And then I said, I fucking hate people that correct my grammar. And the guy literally said, if you're going to steal a Bull Hicks joke, then you should let everyone know it's a Bull Hicks joke. That's my opinion, mate. What are you talking about? I also How remem- did Bill Hicks say that? I hate people. I don't know. You don't know what it was? It must have been. Mean? must have been something like that and then, then i remember meeting a guy at a gig once and he was like black adder episode seven season nine <laughs> when he walked through the door he said but then when he goes up on stage he's shite but his knowledge sure. is unbelievable like south park 1994 <laughs> yeah no mate but you get that in theater as well you get people who are super fans yeah. who love to watch theatre and they know everything about this cast of Wicked and then they changed over and this one took over and she was on for three shows and they couldn't do it but yeah. a lot of them don't, they don't pretend to be able to do it I suppose some of them do try though some of them do try and then you've got Amateur Dramatics which has its place as well like there's a that's a space for people who don't do it professionally and it's open and they're welcome to do whatever they want but yeah. comedy I think has the crossover between amateur and professional it all happens in the one melting pot which must make it pretty tricky. Yeah. Like as a professional comedian. I think as somebody who's not a comedian, but works in the comedy, I suppose somebody said this to me the other night, and they're like, you work in the comedy circuit and the community. And I was like, I don't really, like, you do, you, you do. You're involved like, right. in it. Uh, yeah. yeah and I was like, you. okay, fair enough. May as well just accept it. <laughs> and witnesses it. I witness quite a lot of delusion in the sense that almost everybody that I meet when I talk about like, oh, I did this, okay. I think I could do that. And oh. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I could never, I don't think I could ever go up and do like comedy. It just feels like a nightmare to me. I think that's a healthier approach, if I'm honest with you. If you're saying I could never do that, I'd rather hear that. Because I, I, I wouldn't do stand up. So many people are just like, I think I would go up and fucking kill it. Oh, like, please. Mate. It's the people that go up and down their arse that scare me. Mm-hmm. What, like, and then think they can do it, go again? V- you can physically see them down on their arse, and they're like, come on, guys, that was a funny one. Come on. <laughs> that Tough deserves, <laughs> that ooh, deserves ooh. a round of applause, guys. Come oh. on. And then you get the wee awkward. 
I took me 25 minutes to write that. Really? <laughs> I don't know how you could. That's the thing I think I would struggle with the most, apart from actually doing stand up, is being in that environment and watching people die in their arse but not realise it. Yeah. I think would be brutal. Then they walk off the stage and you're sitting in the green room with them and they're like, ah, it's a shite crowd. Yeah, of course it's like, the crowd. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah. And they've got their fucking John Candy t shirt on and all the kind of. <laughs> John Candy t You know, yeah. See, when you visit, when you see an open spot comedian, it's like, it's either a Bill Hicks t shirt or like, <laughs> you know, something like that. Like They've got like a George Carlin quote on their arm, like tattooed, aye. or they've got aye. their notes on their hand because it's like Stuart Lee. Oh. <laughs> Stuart Lee does it? Aye, you're no Stuart Lee, mate. <laughs> I love Stuart Lee. Aye. I am a big fan. I absolutely yeah. love Stuart Lee. I'm yeah, he's a very cool. big fan. He's one of the very few people that before I get involved or was actually like I really like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wasn't really like big into comedy. But there's nobody like him. That's that's what I mean about a voice. Like uh -huh. to have to have something to say and to have a unique way of saying it. Have you ever heard remarkable. him talk about James Corden? Yes. He does yes. that joke where he's like James Corden was said in an interview. Cites like, him as a Stuart Lee's one of my biggest inspirations <laughs> yeah. and he's like don't stop watching my comedy. I don't life. want him. I, I don't want. I don't want him. <laughs> I, I, I don't. It's like um, remember one time somebody interviewing Fran Healy for <laughs> Travis, and they were like, they mentioned Keen, and he was like, please don't tell me that they've said that they like Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want nothing to do with that. Imagine being Keen though, or Lee Co uh, Lee Corden, uh, James Corden. Oh, he's got enough money to to make his ego oh, feel a bit better. He'd probably, but I think Corden would be the type of guy that would be like, "Fuck Stuart Lee," like because he heard that rather than being like self-aware yeah. and going, "Why would somebody that's like Stuart Lee not like me?" And it's like because yeah. you're a fucking. Or he thinks whore. it's a big joke. He's like, oh, "Me and Stuart." Oh. Always joking around. Yeah, that's pro. That's it. In fact, like, you've nailed what are we that like? uh -huh. I loved uh, Ricky Gervais's joke about James Corden at the Oscars. That? What was it he said? He's like the cat. Uh, the new movie. What was it again? Cats wasn't it? Cats, aye, but he was like, uh, "Cats is out. Everyone got to see James Corden as a fat pussy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. something like that yeah, right, something right. along the lines of that it was very funny so see for people listening to the podcast and they like your chat yeah. and they want to follow you twitter tiktok or facebook and stuff yeah what would what would be the best way to to follow you uh well i'm on all the channels i think uh my instagram is probably where you get the most content yeah, because I do stories all the time, and I do like I'm doing. I'm working on my script at the moment for my new show, and I, there's quite a lot of like wee bits of behind the scenes working on writing it and stuff like that that you get. But I mean, just come on down. I don't. I, yeah, I think probably Instagram is where I'm most active, but all my stuff's on TikTok as well. It's all Brido Hingway. Yeah. Uh, and can you can you put it there if I do that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll put it up, mate. <laughs> I was going to say no there. I was going to be like, nah, no. not doing that. It's but... not even gone out. We're not even recording. <laughs> this isn't even... What podcast? <laughs> I, I'm, it's big Mate, the podcast starts in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I borrow 50 quid? <laughs> you have to pay to put it out, sorry. Um, and show-wise, if you're going to promote a show, when's the next show? So it's the 21st, 22nd and 23rd of July. It's at Oran Moore in Glasgow. It's selling really well. Um... But there are still some tickets and you can get them on Oren Moore's website or uh, I've got Linktree and all my, you know, and all my bios. So yeah. if you go into any of my social media channels, it's only a couple of clicks away and the tickets are 15 quid. The prices haven't gone up since I did part one, two, three years ago. 
Um, it's a great night out, and I do meet and greet for everybody. It's not a, there's not an elite few that get to say hello. I go to the back at the end of the show, and everybody gets to come and chat. Amazing. And I may even have merch. I've got backwards keyrings and everything. Hi. <laughs> Still got some of them left, obviously. Only a thousand. I'll be selling that, by the way, when I see him in the show. I'll be selling his merch out in the car park. <laughs> yeah, without my permission. <laughs> I meant merch you made yourself. <laughs> just drawn on a, an old tin can. It's oh. like a hat. You want this hat for a fiver? <laughs> it's a Janice hat. <laughs> How done, ask. <laughs> so that's us, Paul. Yep. That's us, Brian. Thank you very much for coming into the podcast. Nice one, man. What a you're, joy. You're an Pleasure absolute you, melter. Great to see you. Thanks for having us. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be at your back. You're next, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) What, we don't all know the Irish blessing? What the fuck? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 